This episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Gamefly, and you listeners right now can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime to get a free month of unlimited games. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where our slogan is listen and be damned for all eternity. I'm your host Bob Mackey and I've been working with a shattered pelvis for three weeks and who else is here with me today? Oh hey, it's Henry Gilbert and uh, we're putting that bitch on ice. Man, why can't why can I think of a better one? Uh, and who else is here? Uh, Chris, Corruptus Extremis Antista. <laughs> and? Uh, Special guest! Brett Special Elston guest. and I'm not wearing a tie at all. <laughs> oh my god! Ooh, and, he's uh, going to win. <laughs> this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons and today's episode is Margin Chains... And this aired on May 6, 1993, when Sheriff Lobo was still relevant. And Chris yeah. will tell us what happened on this mythical day in history. As a matter of fact, I will. <gasps> oh my god! Kevin Clyde charms the pants off the nation in the newly released movie Dave. Cheers is number one on television, and a fresh faced Simpsons writer appears on David Letterman to talk about seceding the show. That would be Conan O'Brien. Wow. wow. That'll so, be this fall, right? Yeah, so he's currently in the middle of working on. Homer Goes to College, the mm-hmm. season five episode. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I guess they're probably done with it at this He's point. Probably working on everything. Close. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and But he's getting ready to leave and having to pay Fox a lot of money to not, get out of his contract. Not in terms of late night TV contracts. Getting out for 200K. I guess not, yeah. Yeah, he still owes them scripts is what I, I hear. Think, I believe Craig <laughs> Ferguson had to be given $10 million well, just that, for not getting Letterman's job. Yeah, wow. I mean, that was a great deal in his contract that said, like, if you're if I, I will sign this new contract if I don't inherit Letterman show you owe me 10 million dollars that makes Stephen colbert mm. worth 10 million more dollars <laughs> for a not highly rated show no. that also he really should be you know singing more in cars or doing hopscotch it is or, the best one of its kind nice in, the ti- in that time slot yeah. <laughs> seth meyer's still mm. at it he, he's different time slot stuff. Though. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so some production details about this episode this yes. is actually uh bill oakley and josh weinstein's first episode as ah. staff writers and uh, they were sort of given this idea on the commentary. Oh, so they they say, were freelancers when they did Marge goes to work. I think they were just uh, story editors. They ah. moved up the chain to become actual producers. And okay. uh, I hear from, on the commentary they say that new writers are given Marge episodes. I think because no one wants to write them, <laughs> and they're also the hardest episodes to write because Marge is a tough nut to crack. If you're mm. uh, if you're a male comedy writer, <laughs> a single male comedy writer, I'm 24 and a Harvard graduate. What do I know about women? <laughs> yes. Well, we'll see that from all the clips. Of her. She is like not the star of this. No, this all. this episode is called Marge in in Chains, but it's really like Marge on Trial. And Lionel Hutz is the true breakout star of this episode. I think this is probably his best episode out of all the Lionel Hutz appearances. Yeah, this feels like a tour yeah. de force of it's. It reminds me of the Auto Show, where they're just like, let's do every joke about Auto we can, mm-hmm. and this one too is just like, this is every Hutz joke, and we'll never bring Hutz back because we're just doing too many jokes. <laughs> with him. Uh, did you know that uh, they? 
it wasn't a sequel episode, but mm-hmm. in uh, the season 27 finale last year, L- Marge goes to prison again, mm-hmm. this time for 90 days, but it much more focuses on her story in prison, mm-hmm. and it's about her seeing prison as an escape from her family, and she'd rather be there than at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently the original script of this episode uh, that Oakley and Weinstein wrote had a lot of Marge in prison, and it was a fairly realistic portrayal of prison. They did a lot of research into like what happens in prison if you're a woman, mm-hmm. like what who do you meet, what do you do? But they thought, you know, the other stuff was a lot funnier, so it got cut. Do, do they toss salads with syrup and jelly, or do they expand it? <laughs> well, me, why would they need to toss salads? Let me consult salad? this HBO special. <laughs> <laughs> I've, se- I've seen some documentaries on Cinemax about this. Uh, now, a, documentary. Uh, a little documentary need- called Caged Heat. <laughs> <laughs> but why would, you, why would you toss salad when you just the other side you'd be tossing something, right? I have no Can idea. I- Never seen a woman before. <laughs> no idea. We are Simpsons nerds. I can't believe they invented it. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we got Troy bringing us in. Hello, everybody. I'm Troy McClure. Star of such films as P is for Psycho. <laughs> and the president's neck is missing. Wow. But now I'm here to tell you about a remarkable new invention. Until now, this was the only way to get juice from an orange. <laughs> With your eye. Yeah. Right like, over your eye, not even your forehead. Cracking your it eye. against your forehead. That reminds me of every infomercial where it's like, don't let this happen to you. And there's a tumbler of every animated yeah. gift from those commercials where people are just like knocking shit over. Yeah, it's they can't live their lives. Yeah. Part of a thanks Obama meme. We did, <laughs> we did a pretty good parody of that for that Games Radar app. Oh, that was so day, funny. Which we yeah. shot in one day, but it had the usual, is this too much work? I wrote the line. I can't beat the last Boston rock band. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good game joke. And uh, this whole scene is, it's like a sequel joke. One mm-hmm. of these things you'd see a lot in season four of like, this sequence was funny mm-hmm. in season three, so let's return to it. We They last did this in the Bart's Soapbox Derby episode. Oh yeah, the tombstone polish. Yeah, and so this is basically the same bit. Of is just, this to reuse the animation? No, it, could... it's not reused animation, but it probably reuses the same like setup and mm-hmm. background. But this time, like in the opening it was three different items that, yeah. had, that they pretty much just cut into the original the footage microwave and the showrunners of this time said that their strategy is to open with a parody to start mm-hmm. things off on a funny note and then you can go into the story and they do that often Algina and Mike Reese and by the way you can get your own car chandelier on Etsy right now <laughs> uh, also I think Sun and Run is a lame joke it that pretty is like, pretty like, it yeah, is it's just a yeah. joke nice to have Dr. Nick back hi everybody <laughs> hi Dr. Nick Troy, would you like a glass of orange juice? (laughs) I sure would. But won't we have to pay those outrageous grocery store prices for something the farmer probably spit in? (laughs) (laughs) Anymore. All thanks to the new juice loosener. (laughs) Doctor, are you sure it's on? I can't hear a thing. It's whispered quiet. That is two lines I use to this day. Is it's whisper quiet, and you got all that from one bag of oranges. Yeah, this is really Phil Hartman's episode. I forgot about this opening bit with uh, Troy McClure in it too. Jesus, that that should have been. I meant that to be my opening joke. Something the farmer probably spit in. (laughs) And just the seventies movies with the dumb titles. Like Mm. before, I think he'd only called back to mostly industrial films that he'd done and this is when they get real silly with shitty like 1970s family movies. He did have movies. Calling All Quakers. Uh, was that already in <laughs> yeah. there? Yeah. But, I like, mean we heard him in Calling All Quakers. I just feel Quakers like he, has, he hasn't even done eight yet. We haven't heard yeah. eight Troy McClure movies <laughs> yeah, at this point. I think so. And, and I, I love Homer's fevered dialing in to get he's like I've got to get this thing I got to get it. They're getting a shit from Osaka mm-hmm. which 
it's something like they could do Tokyo, but they did mm-hmm. Osaka. I feel like they were trying to pick a less famous, even yeah. though that's like saying, well, they did L.A. instead of New York. They went with the more obscure city in America. Like, well, but, wasn't this based on a real thing? I, I thought it. I thought it was on the news, and it, 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 this. Well, there was a show that dug into what happened. In the <laughs> it definitely <laughs> look. I have a lot of research, but here, I, okay? I, did, I, did, <laughs> I do. I am ready for it, but not this. The one. reason why I didn't research is, is I, I didn't like. I thought the joke was based on a real thing, but the real thing was an old fucking wives' tale. Mm-hmm. Like you probably got sick from that Japanese item, like that kind of urban legend. I, kind of, yeah. But, Osa- but you, placing in Osaka is a very specific thing to do. It might have just been like at the time there was a notable outbreak mm. of flu or a virus. I could have sworn there was. And then way, we, it, it was to, on our news for like a week and then in a way it seems know, to maybe. presage bir- bird flu yeah instead. yeah but that's true yeah. i feel like it's just a normal thing to fear stuff coming yeah. from the orient that mm-hmm. would be and that is an, an offensive S- term I don't like that was that wasn't that long ago it, it wasn't was true, yeah. Yeah. like yeah so you're saying that the stereotype the urban legend stereotype of diseases being brought <laughs> over from japan has been around for a while and this this scene also has a a bad japanese dub joke which i think will yeah. soon become a joke no one understands yeah it doesn't and, i mean it was mocking mm. i guess dubs weren't great in 93 no guess, but it's a godzilla reference especially yeah. like, and I, I i recently watched mothra for the first time and ooh. i feel like um yeah, it was like let's let's tell white people to be japanese but they don't know what japanese people sound like so everybody talks really haltingly like this oh, because really? this is oh, what a foreign really? person sounds like mm, yeah. but they don't do the lr thing they just kind of like speak really haltingly because they're trying to match the lip flaps but it's like i guess this is what a japanese person sounds like <laughs> uh, it's, it's very strange but you hear that in this in this scene oh, and Oh, is that yeah. right, Tabana? <laughs> yeah. And just be quickly because... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so here is some research for you, Brett. Oh. Hey, 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 you gotta, you gotta take it if you can give it. <laughs> so the, the thing, the box that is being shipped mm-hmm. is to 742 Evergreen Terrace, which mm. I do believe, and I double check this this is the first time the simpsons address oh, wow. yeah. has been 742 evergreen terrace wrong just a couple of four previous ago. reference in season four mm-hmm. new kid on the block mm-hmm. is bart tells mo to come kill jimbo at 1094 evergreen terrace that's true mm-hmm. and then meanwhile in homer's triple bypass during the cops in springfield <laughs> they're breaking into seven uh, 742 evergreen terrace which is where uh, it's where snake and lovejoy mm-hmm. live next door to each other mm-hmm. and so that about snakes house so this i believe mm-hmm. is that that was just uh seven episodes ago so this i believe is the first time the simpsons house has mm. been 742 evergreen that was a good catch this blunder made me hate the whole episode no I, <laughs> not that person but but it, it, it's lovely to think about it well it's just a human writers coming up with this and someone yeah. probably thought that was the address they came yeah. up with for the simpsons now it's, it's set in stone yeah it wasn't made to be wiki like that's mm-hmm. the difference between yeah. it and say when community started i feel like they were already cataloging their facts mm-hmm. from the beginning <laughs> or even on south park they were just like yeah we we've counted everything or we mm-hmm. we try to keep track of all these things so then everybody gets the osaka flu which again talking about on the commentary they said that they were told to read the plague by albert yeah Camus. and uh, only one joke was based on it i don't know what yeah. it was they won't say i've I, read the plague and i don't know what joke was i've only that. read the stranger i've it's, not read uh, the plague. i think it's the germ cloud stopping at a stoplight <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's be totally Camus. <laughs> but we do see i feel like it's the first personification of uh skinner's mom as a an angry woman mm. 
because looks at him grumpily, but she yeah. doesn't say anything. There's no lines, but I feel like she was just sort of a sweet old lady. And then after that psycho reference happened, yeah. um, it was all downhill for her. Agnes is really <laughs> one, of, one of two psych- like very clear psycho references. This oh yeah, in this like, episode. Yeah, there's one three in- if you want to count the movie uh, Troy McClure was in. It's true. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they, everybody's getting sick. I like the personification of the germ cloud and totally it's just covering everybody up. And the sequence of Wigan Wigan being haunted by it like the blob. Yeah, yeah. So he's shooting it. Which so he fires gets, his gun at it. And- yeah, he gets a hot dog and then fi- <laughs> and so I think he might have hit that hot dog. <laughs> It's the second time he's thrown his gun at a supernatural thing after running out of bullets. We had the mummy in the That's Cops in right. Springfield parody. That's right. Yeah. What is this clip? Sarge, we keep getting orders to let the virus win. Must be a school day. Lay down your arms. All right. Let's make some puffs. <laughs> Bart's uh, like homeostasis. Immune, uh, immune system. Faking a... Uh, <laughs> Well, no, the Osaka it was, virus. It was him telling his his blood cells to give in and get oh, sick. So yeah. it was inside of him. He just, I definitely did this as a kid. Me I too. Was like, could I force myself to get sick? I, I don't want to go because to, to maintain a fever, I would do that thing where just I try and bring all the blood to my head. Yeah, you're like going super sane with a thermometer yes. in your mouth. Yeah. So I'm, not, I'm like, thank God, I'm not the only one who did that. Yeah. Yes, I did it all the time. This taught me that might work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Why does the flu have snake's voice? That <laughs> That's why I wanted to play it. I, I got confused because I called the clip snake virus and like what the fuck was i talking about <laughs> also why is the soldier the pimply voice teen or squeaky uh, voice yeah, teen it's true yeah uh and then it was a great way to do a gross joke without without mm-hmm. pissing off the censors Otto gets vomited on from the sky yeah. Yeah. but yeah. it's yeah. the dreaded osaka flu has hit springfield <laughs> with over 300 cases now reported now over to arnie pie with arnie in the sky Route 401 is going around and around and around and around and around and look out at the corner of 12th and Main because I'm going to be sick. Whoop. <laughs> That's much worse than dropping his bagel. <laughs> a couple quick bits I like. Yeah. There's the itching, scratchy cartoon where I like when he lands on the cactus, the needles go directly through both his yes. eyes. Like yeah. nice touch. And then... The joke of Burns saying he had like his germ-proof thing, mm-hmm. even even in first viewing when I was ten, I was like, "Homer's in there!" Like Homer's oh, really? going to open this door. <laughs> Such a big setup. I did not expect it this time. Like, <laughs> oh, I remember Burns in this episode? We also we also have. Uh, oh, sorry, Brett. Mm. No, I know they go to great lengths to like not set this any specific place, mm-hmm. but the four hundred one sounds like a mix of the one hundred one and the four hundred five, which are the two California main LA, mm-hmm. especially because they're writing this in LA. I assume. Yeah, you yeah. must drive on one of those to do yeah, anything. To do yeah. anything, and well, I just, uh, and this episode ends with a very LA riot like it was yeah. Uh, yeah. so I, I definitely feel like LA is getting if you uh, really want to find Springfield there are mile markers in this episode very briefly like, oh um, that's right on the direction to Mexi- Mexico yeah. a, if you can figure out where uh, North Haverbrook is and triangulate with Mexico City <laughs> it is on a map which it had on a sign and it was 630 miles away hmm. well, don't, you don't need to tell anybody that early that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's an entire day's trip well, my, I must, maybe that's the joke I must end my cameo All right, oh. unfortunately but Thank you for jo- letting me join for a brief Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Oh, send yeah. send Brett off with a clip of uh, Mayor Quimby on vacation. Hey. Now for an emergency announcement from the mayor. People of Springfield, because of the epidemic, I have canceled my vacation to the Bahamas. I shall not leave the city. Hey, you, get that steel drum out of the uh, mayor's office. Sorry, man. 
<laughs> so you couldn't have captured every flu clip, but we did yeah. have the first Married with Children parody. I think oh. it's the inferior one because he doesn't flush the toilet uh, after the joke is uh, after the joke is told. It's the. Um, I mean, this episode could be all of the epi- like we could just yeah. have every clip, but the, so yeah, Ned watched Married with Children, and that's why their family was damned. He was damned for all eternity, and so that's okay. This is another uh, thing cut out on my. You're twins. watching the wrong uh, versions, Chris. Sorry, man. The, the, I've been <laughs> sorry, seeing a lot man. of comments getting yeah. mad at Chris for not listening. I'll to lend you the DVDs, there. Chris, if you need uh, them. I, I, Oh, whatever <laughs> but okay but so in that scene that first has todd todd speaking todd's like gaf, gaf, loof, gaf, gaf, loof, gaf. so here's my theory that married with children was nice to a degree and yeah. it was pretty much a joke you would have seen on the show these plants are a lifeless and limp <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you in the bedroom al <laughs> <laughs> Woo! yeah but- uh, so I, I think they I think they thought they could get uh, the, no. uh, the t- actors to do it. Yeah. I think they did. Because meanwhile, the next time we'll see a clip for Married with Children, it is a mean joke yeah. about Al, how it's not let's good. let's have sex. It is, it is a <laughs> no pig, toilet flush. flush. Yeah. Woo! Great. A surprisingly Puritan joke from The Simpsons. Who do... Otto got barfed on, on his yeah. face. Yeah. Like, They're on their high horse. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> and then also comes the scene with uh, Hibbert and the placebo. He's like, anything <laughs> I give you, just be a placebo. Where can we get these placebos? That taught me the meaning of the word placebo. Me too. I also like, I'm carrot. I mean, ouch. <laughs> Sadly, mine was two, three years later with brain candy. Uh, Thank yeah. you, Brendan Fraser. And the, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and the killer bees thing. So there was a box of killer bees and that's what they eat. That was a very 90s fear. We were very afraid of... In the early 90s, we were very afraid of killer bees. Or at least I was. A it doctor was would come out on a terrace and make pronouncements mm-hmm. like, like an old politician. <laughs> and in the show, they're apparently being shipped somewhere. <laughs> so the, the fear especially of killer bees or Africanized bees... Yeah. Were, but, <laughs> ...that uh, they were discovered in a Texas town in 1990. And so people yeah. were just like, they could take over our regular bees and be killing us. <laughs> Somebody has probably pointed that out more comedically. We were constantly terrified by clouds of killer bees that were were told were coming in the country. Yeah, and now all I hear about like the bees are almost gone. <laughs> no more no bees. bees. We no need we killer, killer bees. bees. <laughs> it's either no bees we're or killer tank. bees. We'd have one of them. <laughs> so everyone in the Simpsons family is sick at this point. Yeah. Uh, and they Homer, all have different demands. So Homer's in Burns' uh, flu thing. He's in his germ-free thing eating a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, he's in bed <laughs> sick. I don't I don't like Where's that. Uh, he also uses the I'm Mr. Burns uh, <laughs> That joke. made that less predictable. Yeah. Like, okay, obviously Homer's going to be in there eating a big sandwich even. <laughs> but I'm then he's like, my name is Mr. Burns. <laughs> but I had that clip if we... Smithers, this plague doesn't scare me. I've constructed a germ-free chamber for myself. Not a single microbe can get in or out. Who the devil are you? Don't panic. Just come up with a good story. My name is Mr. Burns. Oh! Uh, it's a good time killer. Yeah, yeah, it's like almost every episode now. Homer talks to his own brain. It's wonderful. <laughs> but so then he is sick in he a poor sick. use of continuity. Everybody's sick, and Marge is highly put upon. Mom, can you bring me more OJ? Can you give me some of those Flintstones chewable morphine? There's no such thing. Marge, the boy's wasting valuable time. Come change the channel and pat my head. In a minute. But I'll miss Sheriff Lobo. <laughs> and get me a bottle of bourbon. Grandpa, you know you can't have liquids after 3 p.m. You can stir it into my mush. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, this is the first time I looked up Sheriff Lobo. I had read about it before the internet. It's like TV Guide presents the 50 worst TV shows ever to be like My Mother the Car and stuff like that. (laughs) This time I looked it up and I read about it. Apparently it was a spinoff of BJ and the Bear, part of the brief uh, strange trucker fad of the late 70s in which a trucker... Yes, exactly. In which a trucker was teamed up with a chimpanzee named Bear and Sheriff Lobo was the crooked, zany sheriff on BJ and the Bear. He was spun (laughs) off into his own show that lasted like a season or two. I think wow. maybe three seasons, actually. Well, 80, 79 to 81. Three seasons. Claude Akins, who I only know from Master Ninja and Mystery Science Theater. That's and, right. And, That's where he's... Yeah. And it's like, you can if you read about the history of the show, it like, didn't do well, so they retooled it. And like, you don't think basing yeah. a show around a fat, corrupt, redneck cop... Jeez. That's not the main problem. You want to replace everybody else? <laughs> the Lobo Show has been canceled for retooling. Do we have the theme song? I did send that oh, to yeah. you because it is it is very much a... Um, Different era. Uh, yes, again. very, very much so. There is a man the legends tell who stands for what is right. Like quieter, he never shirks or cowers from a fight. This is our Lobo, All right, so no. <laughs> I, I believe the best description of this uh, opening is this. He, he's on a collision course with wackiness. It, it really is. <laughs> yeah. it, is his, it is beautiful. I, it is yeah. a thing of beauty. Despite all the references to Sheriff Lobo mm-hmm. on Simpsons, which I have been like, this is the f- second of three. Yeah. There's the sign, the itchy and scratchy thing, there's a sign. Oh, no, wait, maybe that's later. John Schwartzwelder is in, a, in some picket line holding a sign, bring, bring back, back Sheriff Lobo. Lobo. I thought that was Wagon Train. Oh, it was Wagon Yeah, the, the one okay. you're thinking of is the Bobo episode, like, Lobo, Lobo, yes. bring back Sheriff Lobo. That's the only <laughs> yeah. other Lobo one, which it's funny that, like, the staffs of 4 and 5, which were very different, still had Homer love Sheriff Lobo. It is the perfect dumb Homer show, though, yes. about, like, a fat, crooked southern sheriff. <laughs> a terrible show yeah. that nobody cares about. I give them credit, too. I only noticed this time the care they had to draw the Flintstones vitamins. Like, they really look like Yeah, it, that's though. true, yeah. It's blue, very good. Blue or the red kind uh, it was mm. blue and pink mm. as, I as long as light, I can... light blue light pink I just want to eat that car and not Betty <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing you'd see in a lot of Oakley and Weinstein ones where grandpa is there and you're like why is even grandpa in this scene and then he'll say a either the joke that ends the scene or a plot important moment and him asking for the bourbon is plot important yep, it is so. yeah only reason he's there and so she goes to the quickie bar homer doesn't drink liquor no uh, that's yeah, the well, only reason he's there he drinks beer i guess yeah. they saw bourbon as an old man drink though yeah. I'll, I'll have bourbon any Bourbon's day delicious Marge and the Quickie Mart, mm-hmm. I gotta give them thumbs up. Great animation for all the heads oh, on yeah. the shelves. This is Talk Jim Reardon. Mm-hmm. It's oh, his yeah. episode, oh, yeah. That's great. And he does Marge frazzled so well, too. And it's another of those moments where I think probably for at least a few minutes, I was like, oh, it's hard being a mother. It's really <laughs> tough. Like, and then you're like, give me some potato chips. I, I look <laughs> down for... I, was here the opening scene and looked down for a second I just assumed she was in a giant grocery store and it was all it was jarring like that was the quickie mart she walked for like for like a minute down the aisle it's kind of like uh, not cost effective to do all of your grocery shopping at the convenience store because it's, it's a really convenience expensive. store yeah yeah well now Pooh is a kind of a dick yeah. in this one he's really not nice that thing about how the price was lowered because an, a, an escaped mental patient tampered with the Tylenol or the aspirin is based mm. on a real thing that happened in 1982 I looked it up uh, apparently yeah. seven people died in the Chicago area wow. when someone laced Tylenol with cyanide 
Um, no one was caught. They they assumed it could have been the Unabomber. It wasn't him. Mm-hmm. I, I think someone tried to extort the police by saying it was me and give me $1 million, but it wasn't that guy. He just wanted money. So to this <laughs> wow. day, someone had poisoned uh, these capsules, and they were not caught. I think from then on, they were no longer capsules anymore. They were just like the pill form because it was harder to uh, you know tamper That's with. That's why they're in those, yeah, those like, bubble wrap kind of packaging. Yeah, so yeah, twice. that too. We, we get a rare appearance of brother. Mm-hmm. In uh, Sanjay. Uh, Sanjay, yeah. yeah. And we get, I like them speaking Hindi to each other. Yeah. See, I, I'm assuming that was Hindi. There are other languages I, I spoken in India. Really depending on you guys to know what It is because they actually called the Indian consulate, I think, uh, yes. Bill Oakley okay. and Josh Weinstein, and they were not happy about it, but they reluctantly decided to translate things for them. So wow. all the Hindi you hear in this episode is legit. A respect to white people for finally for finally <laughs> acting like Indians right. But, You're but, welcome. I mean, but, but seriously, though, I think in the early 90s, a lot of shows would not have bothered to get accurate in, uh, uh, Indian dialogue. Including and, The Simpsons. And, and, <laughs> yes, well, and they, they, like, Apu is kind of a generic brown convenience store employee. They mm-hmm. never get too specific over his real nationality. And putting a language to it well, does I that. Well, I mean, Apu is, it was a very clear reference to the Apu trilogy. Yeah. Uh, huh? Which, the, 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 <laughs> We've never discussed the films this. by Sajid Ray, the, uh, the no. Apu trilogy, the, he, was, he was, if you were a film student of the 60s and 70s, those were likely the only Indian films you ever saw. Like, well, he was, he was, the, scratch he, what I just said. He <laughs> was the Akira Kurosawa of India back then. It did seem a bit a little contrived that he they immediately were like, no, she's a thief. Like, yeah. like Marge has been shopping there con- conceivably for, you know, years. And yeah. also, Apu has been robbed in already in this point in the show like eight times. Yeah. So like, I remember as a kid thinking that justified his dickishness because we've never seen anybody get caught for stealing from the Quickie Mart. It constantly true. happens to him. So when yeah. he, he almost catches somebody like, yes, let's do this. I guess get it's ex- the first time he's actually caught somebody. excited. Yeah. This is finally happening. And Sanjay is here to see it. So there's a couple levels to that where first it feels like Marge Marge totally just forgot. She's pulling things out of her pockets, and she left one thing in her pocket. Mm. But then when she says... Colonel Quickie Mart's bourbon. <laughs> yeah. I, I do all that. You did not pay Colonel Quickie Mart's uh. Kentucky bourbon. But I. But then when she says, no, I guess I didn't. Mm. I was just like, why isn't she giving her real excuse now? Yeah. Like, I forgot. I'm sorry. But when she says, no, I guess I didn't, th- that then made me think. So was she reflexively going like, F you, I'm not paying for this then. You charged me 25 bucks for this bottle of aspirin. I think she was just so harried and frazzled. She just was just, you know, reacting in the moment. Yeah. She didn't have time to be outraged or indignant about being accused of theft. She's like, oh, no, Probably I, I didn't. going to happen. Yeah. And then, of course, the cops show up immediately this time for yes. nothing. Like <laughs> nothing with coconut. <laughs> Uh yeah, that's all all really wonderful. Makes then, my, it makes our community store seem amazing. I yeah. went in there one time, left my card at the bar, tried to buy some whiskey. My discover they don't take discover card. Mm. Like that's why I got it. So I'm not tempted to use it. And the guy's like, just take it, come back tomorrow, give me some money. I'm like this fucking this you rule. This is the rules. <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> and so then Act Two begins with Lionel Hutz's rock bottom. Ooh, this, yeah. this then just becomes the Lionel Hutz show. Yeah, for one whole act. Yeah, it's all. Hard. Now don't you worry, Mrs. Simpson. I. Uh oh. <laughs> We've drawn Judge Snyder. Is that bad? Well, he's had it in for me ever since I kind of ran over his dog. You did? Well, replace the word kind of with the word repeatedly, hmm. and the word dog 
with sun. <laughs> that that should have been that should get the line of the show because it's a great line. But it really paints a picture. I want to know what situation he was in and where that could have happened. Repeatedly running over a boy. It's <laughs> one of my favorite all time lines. Yeah. Like, well, so then why are you free yeah. if you repeatedly ran over the son of a judge? Well, I guess later we do see his raging alcoholism, so yeah, that yeah. could have explained oh. it. But still, it's like I don't care if you are an alcoholic; you should be in jail. Yeah. You ran over this guy a bunch of times. This is also the first time that character that judge is named Snyder. That's mm. why he's called Snyder from now maybe, on. Maybe he moved for a bad court thingy during his trial. <laughs> That's true. Might have worked. The Simpsons will be right back. Thank you, fine folks, for listening. Hope you're not too bored. You know what the perfect solution is for being bored and always has been? Goddamn video games. <laughs> That's why this episode is brought to you by Gamefly. And just so you know, you listeners can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime and get started with a free 30-day trial of the service. What is Gamefly? It's like Nep. It's like Netflix, but for games, you should know that by now. You create a queue. They ship out uh, two to three games to you. It's up to you. You play them for as long as you want, ship them back, and they'll just keep on shipping stuff from your queue. This is a great way to save money on not only playing a bunch of new releases, a bunch of old releases, because not only does Gamefly have over 8,000 titles ranging from PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PS Vita, they go all the way back to the original Wii, the original Xbox, PS2 in certain cases. I know, right? And to sweeten the service even more, Gamefly allows you to buy a game back? Have you kept it out for a long time? Do you want to just keep it? Are you that settled into the multiplayer? You can buy that game back from Gamefly at an extremely reduced cost, and they'll send you the box and manual as if you purchased it anywhere else. Once again, you don't have to take my word for it. You can get started with a 30-day free trial for yourself by going to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. like laser time shows then you might like bonus time laser time's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash laser time here's a taste of what you've been missing the movie we watched was called walk the dark streets and i thought it had the amazing the most amazing premise ever the movie fucking sucks world war ii vets finally meet up again one guy's desperate for the money and the other guy's doing pretty well and the guy's like i'm a trophy hunter i'll pay you to hunt him through la but it's about two guys hunting one another through L.A. I'm like, why hasn't somebody done the movie of two people hunting one another in the city? That'd be uh, so cool. Well, it kind of did with the pest. And uh, talked about it on 302010. And it assassins. Pre- yeah, but Predator 2. But they're, but they're not hunting one another. Uh, like, that's what I think is the cool So you cool think act. the one thing holding back the pest is that John Logazama <laughs> didn't get to hunt back Jeffrey Jones? There's no X to his sever. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know if that's an apt reference. I don't I either, seen but the film. Uh, yeah. for some reason, I was I, like, yeah. I played two Game Boy games. I think so. most people remember the movie, though, for the hit song from it. That one is like, uh, come on, get up the floor. Everybody walk the dark streets. streets. <laughs> walk the dark streets. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad free Patreon exclusive podcasts as well as weekly full length movie commentaries wrestling and cartoon video commentaries physical rewards the first season of Talking Simpson and more at patreon.com slash laser time starting at just five bucks you'll help us live and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again Yes, Li- hey, spoiler, Lionel Hutz will get line of the show. Oh, for sure. Period. Oh, my God, yes. So. And I also didn't like how Apu and, uh, it was celebrating. Like, mm-hmm. he's dancing around, listening yeah. to music, like, and we're going to put that bitch on ice. I was like, that's yeah, I've always I've seen really Apu brought up in a lot of 
articles on tokenism and stereotypes, and I always want to be really quick to defend, just because I love Apu and I don't want to imagine a world without him, this is the one where, like, oh, wow, that was just a bunch of nonsense words and uh, yeah. weird dancing. Uh, yeah, here. Homer tries to plead with Apu to uh, drop the charges on Marge. I'd like you to drop the charges against my wife. No offense, but we're putting that bitch on ice. <laughs> now, come on. I'm your best customer. I'm sorry, Mr. Homer, but it is the policy of the Quickie Mart and its parent corporation, Nordine Defense Dynamics, to <laughs> prosecute shoplifters to the full extent of the law. <laughs> yeah, that was not authentic. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, they at least got one. They got one bit of Hindi right in this I, episode. I, I do like Chris's explanation though that he finally has nailed a thief, and I do yeah. like like the general story about who he's like he's an immigrant. He came over full of hope, but then he realized he could become as crooked as any like American businessman. He's and that's what he does in his he's job. Like, oh, that's America. I yeah. have to be as crooked as a white man. I get it. Also, we get I think one of the last scenes ever of a, a Wiggum and Quimby secret meeting. Yeah. Which then leads to something that you that has needs. I have a bit of a history explainer for as well. All right, please do. Don't tell anyone, but uh, Marge Simpson was arrested for shoplifting. Let the word go forth from this time and place. Marge Simpson is a shoplifter. Hey! In other news, the chick in the crying game is really a man. I mean, man, is that a good movie? Give us hell, Quimby. <laughs> so that was absolutely redone dialogue. Oh, like it wow. was so his mouth is all wrong. Yeah. Even it's, the crowd's mouth. Is yeah, wrong. it's all <laughs> off. But uh, so I wonder what the original line is. Mm. But that one is a very loaded line. Like First off, as a kid, I didn't get it. Same here. My mom had to explain to me. She had seen the movie, though, for her to explain that um some that a woman had a penis in a movie i was like uh okay yeah it's pretty famous but, for that uh, sequence because that is the end of the movie the woman, yeah he, and it the, and it opened up doors to decades of transphobic Transphobia. jokes and films of just like she's got a dick vomit it's, it's so gross in that movie's like, defense, no one ever remembers forrest whitaker isn't it and awesome and awesome most of the movie and yeah and that like steven ray's like oh well whatever yeah like yeah, he I love also her. doesn't. He, he gets grossed out at first, yeah. and then by the end of the movie, he's with her. Mm-hmm. No, the film, the crying game, isn't so much about that as it's about like Ireland mm-hmm. and the IRA, and it's 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 a Neil Jordan masterpiece. Like yeah, he's really great. Good. I love Neil Jordan. So a lot of people hadn't mm-hmm. seen it at that point. Uh, all right, so here's a quick history of the crying game. It did come out in '92, the year mm-hmm. before this, right? But many people didn't see it. Yeah. Until it got nominated for Oscars, including the lead actor, mm-hmm. what, right. uh, yeah, well, it was nominated mm. actor. Mm-hmm. So, but this so mm. uh, Crying Game was being sold as a twist you won't believe, a twist yeah. though, like keep it to yourself. And this is when modern spoiler culture became yes became yes. real. With this one, there were films before of just like don't tell anybody about the shocking ending of this movie. Keep it yeah, to yourself, like Psycho. Dorothy's dreaming. <laughs> but, but this, but this was one of the big ones of modern spoiler culture for us, at least as I remember it. Mm-hmm. And there is a moment that typifies it. it okay, so uh, I sent you a clip, Chris, from Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel at their at the movie show. So this is modern spoiler culture. This started here. So every year on the Siskel and Ebert weekly show, they would do if we picked the winners special, which they would actually like almost do as an award show unto itself. Yeah, there's an audience there with an audience there, and they're in tuxes, and they're just like these are the nominees for the Oscars, and we're picking who would win. 
And so they get to the supporting actor category. And Siskel then says, this is who I'd pick, the actor from The Crying Game. Mm -hmm. Then comes a big Chiron on the screen that says... Turn down your audio now if you don't if you if you are, haven't seen Crying Game yet. Wow! And Roger Ebert is just like, I can't believe you're going to say this. And you're going <laughs> to say, and he, well, I mean, while Gene Siskel's like, no, the film's been out for months, mm-hmm. and the actor is nominated in the actor category, mm-hmm. so this is not a spoiler. They're not even using the word spoiler. So then Gene Siskel talks about why he wanted why he is giving it away on TV and mm-hmm. talk because he to talk about the person's performance they he has to talk about the spoilers mm-hmm. and so this is him finishing it up and then uh, Roger Ebert is not pleased afterwards going to be called upon to be very tough i think it's easily the most difficult performance of the year whether it's a supporting performance is debatable i think it's a starring performance actually could it have been done better however or as well and if so by whom and Roger, if you disagree with me on this one, I'm going to be very upset. I think it's a spectacular performance. Well, Gene, uh, first of all, I don't think you should have given the secret away because very few people have actually seen this film in terms of a national television audience. I think mm-hmm. it was cheating because, to me, one of the real pleasures of watching this film was to walk in there and not know until a crucial moment in the film what the secret was. I don't know if people turned down their sets in time. And I think it was you were, in order to make your opinion, what you were doing was you were keeping them from enjoying what I think and what I agree with you is a great performance. Well, the question would be, how can I uh, do criticism of this work without talking about why I think it's so much of a stronger performance? And unfortunately, uh, what we're going to end up debating now is whether I should have given the secret away as opposed to whether or not... How oh, it's a very be. good performance. Yeah, it okay. is a good well, performance. Well, let's see if you pick... Yeah. Suck a dick, Siskel. God, I miss both of those guys so much. Uh, all right, they're both right. They're yeah. both right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good argument. Mm-hmm. Well, and so a thing comes up on the screen just says, like... Turn volume the, uh, down. Turn volume down, crying game controversy. That, and That reeks of, like, a, a behind-the-scenes battle that Roger Ebert won. Yeah. That, that, it, yeah. Like, <laughs> you better put up this yeah. on the screen before this airs. It's an okay compromise, but it's very awkward. Like, no yeah. one had ever done that before, at yeah. least uh, to my knowledge. Like, give it away. Well, because people... Guess what? There wasn't an internet then, so mm-hmm. you couldn't just go online and yeah. say, what was the ending of crying game? You uh, wouldn't know. Less than a year later, Ace Ventura would give it away in oh. an extremely transphobic show. Let's like put a new ending on that movie so you can watch it again. I yeah. mean, but please. So, uh, but so yeah, that's why that joke was in there. Mm-hmm. Siskel, my mom directly referenced Siskel mm-hmm. giving it away and people uh, getting mad at him for doing it on the show. I'm so glad you looked that up because I knew like which critic was it, but I didn't have time to look it up. God. So, so that's why I, I looked it up. But yeah, that's how I... It was a controversial thing then and that's why they put it in the show. So then on top of that, the Simpsons are being like kind of dicks of yeah. it in May. So that was in March. Mm-hmm. This was May, early May. And they're like... Yeah, the chicken grinding game was really a man. What? Like, that's yeah. that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah, <laughs> but it was for spoilers, the purposes the of level. a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that is that Simpsons joke <laughs> explained. So Chris, I brought I, I wrote something down that you would like. Uh, we have the return of one of your favorite lines. So Ned talks yes. about his brush yeah. with the law. Yeah. And um, the guy comes to the door. Says, Excuse me, are you Ed Flanders? Yeah. He's like, No, I'm Ned Flanders. Oh, My it. mistake. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, Marge, don't you worry. We've all had our brushes with the law are you ed flanders no ned flanders my mistake there you go i, I know chris loves that line so happy with it. i think it's even the same it's book. not my it's mistake. not it's just dan castanetta doing the same voice okay. yeah and the uh no, i would love to if anybody knows 
if that's a reference to something. Because if it were to happen more than once, Dan like, would know. Maybe either it's, it's like either it's as it funny as I think it is, or I mean, it's a it might just be a Chicagoan mm. parlance. Like oh, that's yeah. where he's from. You know, just be like that's how we say it in Chicago. I mean, or it could be a reading from an old movie because Doe is a Laurel and Hardy thing. I mean, mm. they could be pulling these things from their brain, you know, just for the sake of performance. Uh, they also go by the fact that Marge has webbed toes, which was not kept ever. Like, no. that was lost. Same as like they never talk about how Marge has been gray as a mule since she was seventeen. Mm. They never talk about that either. But that her web toes were mentioned on her trading card. Oh, it's really? Wow. Was, it was they, they had like kind of a picture in picture fact on the Simpsons trading cards, which I think are about, we're about a year away from them in Simpsons timeline Jesus, here. Really? Marge is so ill defined. That's yeah. why she's a fucking vacuum in the arcade game. Yeah, really. Oh, yes. <laughs> no traits. I do love the joke about judgmental Christians where uh, Maude <laughs> is peering through the God bless you uh, cross stitch and Marge adjusts the picture and she's like, get out. But, she, but Maude is Norman Bates in that scene she is. is crazy she's not about to masturbate though yeah. that's she's not vince vaughn but uh i think that was the scene that finally got me to rent psycho because i like fine it was like the fourth time i uh my parents would tell me that's from psycho i was like all right i gotta watch this which by the way that wasn't spoiled for me the twist of that before i saw it oh, wow. I got to, just like a viewer in 1964 or seven i forget the year exactly like but, a 60 just, oh, 60. Another just, trans situation. Just like a viewer back then. I like at the end of that movie, and by like, I mean, I'm entertained by. <laughs> at the end of that movie, they have to say like, oh, so he's a transvestite. They're like, well, no, not exactly. He's mm-hmm. actually like... Uh, uh, we should much- have ended this movie five minutes ago. I'm, I'm sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> it's much no, worse than No, he needs to that. look at a bug. Yeah. <laughs> he wears his mother's skin. Please yeah. don't throw the trans audience under the bus. <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't watch Psycho, actually, because I watched a billion clips of it in all my film classes. Uh-huh. So I've studied every granular detail of like seven scenes, but I'd never actually seen it until it's, like two years ago. It's okay. phenomenal. It is. It's oh, way yeah. different than what you think it, it is, is because it's just, it's very slow, yeah. intense, and like, the murder is just like like a minute of the movie and it's just all drawn out tension Anthony Perkins like I don't what you, that for that year that is one of the most amazing performances I've ever seen he is charismatic as AF and yes. like it, his performance holds up really goddamn well watch Psycho and so then we're back into the courtroom where they kind of just do every Lyle Hutz joke they can <laughs> yeah. the, the blue headed lawyer gets a good one on yeah. ladies and gentlemen of the jury how do you find more attractive? Tom Cruise or Mel Gibson? What is the point of all this? Your Honor, I feel so confident of Marge Simpson's guilt that I can waste the court's time by raiding the superhunks. <laughs> raiding the superhunks. Ooh, he's gonna win. Mr. Hutz! <laughs> Didn't I? <laughs> that is Marge's line. It's like Marge's line with Hutz. She, all it's time. the only Mr. time she Hutz. doesn't grumble. Yeah. She actually says something. At yeah. some point, she says, why do we always hire him? Much later. And this, that's, that's what I asked myself during this scene. Like, why did they hire Lionel Hutz again? Clearly all you can afford. Yeah. Especially, and this is rock bottom for him where we... We get more into his alcoholism. He did. He did drink all of that bottle of of whiskey before. Like, yeah, want a little sip of whiskey. Like, it's nine thirty. Uh, who cares? Brownest. <laughs> I always think of it as brownest of the brown liquors now. And if we freeze on frame one thirty eight, oh, yes. we distinctly see a puff of blue hair coming from the grassy knoll. <laughs> now, Apu, Mrs. Simpson claims that she forgot she was carrying that bottle of delicious. Bourbon, brownest of the brown liquors. <laughs> so tempting. Uh. What's that? You want me to drink you, but I'm in the middle of a trial. Excuse me. Mm. 
Hello, David. I'm really tempted. Just take it one day at a time and know that I love you. <laughs> I love you too, man. <laughs> It's a real Dr. Joyce Brothers style guest uh, appearance. I get one sentence. But I would guess the most p- specific Alcoholics Anonymous reference I've ever seen. I ever yeah, that's a sponsor, really. So, well, first off, I could just, hearing it isolated like this, I could just see Phil Hartman in my mind saying all those lines. Yeah. This is beautiful. And I love the sound of the, the alcohol swishing around in the bottle. Yeah. It's very, very distinct. Is it really David Crosby in the, in the. It is. It is, yeah. David Crosby, which I felt was a little too hard. Uh, it was a little too try hard of like, he's looking at his own albums and surrounded by it. Yeah. It's not clearly him. It's like, like, only one guy looks like him, and that's David Crosby. I was reading the Phil Hartman biography a few years he, Phil Hartman, before he was an improviser and actor, he was an album artist designer, yeah. and he may have designed the album. Uh. I, I don't think that's true. I'm trying to find the specific. That's when albums. his uh, name had two N's in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. In a much more Germanic way yeah. of saying but, it, which he was fluent fluent in the German. The, yeah, this might not be worth even mentioning. I can't find the fucking albums that he, so, he designed. But he, Phil Hartman drew illustrations for album covers for music like Crosby, Stills, yeah. and Nash. So as a kid, I really didn't. I barely knew Crosby, Stills, and Nash or David Crosby. I didn't know that he was famous as the recovering alcoholic. Like that was his thing, or recovering recovering substance abuser, not just alcohol. I'm just recalling and, this. Did he give his sperm to a famous lesbian couple? Yes, Most did. Most, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's like and, I want and, those genes in this body. Uh, no, why would she want that? But exactly, so, turning me down for that motherfucker. <laughs> so in '82 and '85, he was arrested for drunk driving and substance abuse. Oh, okay, spent nine months in jail. Even uh, which, wow, like, wow that's, you got to be pretty bad as a celebrity. They locked up celebrities then i think and and so by 1993 he was famous for getting sober and then Mm. he was uh in aa and getting other people sober we'll get a sequel to this joke in the b sharps episode oh you're right yeah the more obvious way of doing a joke about crosby being drunk (laughs) and uh that now the parody of him would have been that he got arrested for like a bunch of knives like he got he got arrested for uh, bringing a bunch of weapons through an airport. Wow, that was, I didn't that was, know that. That was more recent arrest. That was about I wouldn't know it from ago. his music. Really, no. look at him. He's, he's in around. Gonna... I love you. <laughs> uh, now, Apu's photographic memory has never been brought back again. <laughs> that is... Though I guess it must have helped him as a computer engineer. Uh, yeah. This be my line of the shizzle. Uh, yes. That's the joke. Well, if you never forget anything, tell me this. What color tie am I wearing? You are wearing a red and white striped club tie in a half Windsor knot. Oh, I am, am I? <laughs> is that what you think? Well, if that is what you think, I have something to tell you. <clears throat> something that may shock and discredit you. <clears throat> and that thing is as follows. I'm not wearing a tie at all. <laughs> <gasps> but if I am wrong about that... Maybe I am wrong about Mrs. Simpson. Uh, that should have been how he won the case. Whatever. Yeah, I do like how everybody else sees him doing this yes. with his tie. Not and the then, jury. Yeah. This is, but, this is, yeah, Huss is removing his, taking so long to remove his tie. He's like struggling with it. So Everybody sees it. In, uh, for another episode of Chris's Simpson shorthand, uh, mm. half of my life is spent introducing clips and waiting for things to load. <laughs> and that... Those lines have become like, and it sounded a little something like this, if that's what you think. <laughs> because if that is what you think, this page isn't loading. That's uh, true. It, happen, it happens true. on streams. It happens everywhere. I don't know how much we edit it out. It happens all the time. Speaking of pre-internet research, as I was earlier, 
they had to call up David H. Bailey of the no- National Aeronautics and Space Administration mm-hmm. to get Pi to the 40,000th numeric. Yeah, now you can just Google it. Yeah, but, <laughs> but they, uh, the Oakley and Weinstein said that they got, like, shipped a printout of it all the way to that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's accurate, it. too. So. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Fucking more. It gr- is one. More, <laughs> more great huts. I move for a bad court thingy. You mean a mistrial? Yeah. That's why you're the judge and I'm the law talking guy. <laughs> right. This is his finest hour. It's so good. Yeah. So, uh, you don't have a clip of it, I see there, but mm-hmm. uh, Clarence Darrow, I should uh, let the audience know <laughs> the. I actually didn't get this joke until now. That Lisa compared. Well, so she compares him to Clarence Darrow, mm-hmm. who, in case you didn't know, he lived from 1857 to 1935. A uh, early human rights attorney and a leading member of the ACLU back mm-hmm. in the day, which uh, give them some support, guys. They'll be shut down by the time this airs. <laughs> <laughs> All in jail, held uh, <laughs> in, in well, the gulags. <laughs> uh, but so Darrow most famously argued in the Scopes Monkey Trial. That's correct. Which was the uh, to prove. Uh, to, teach evolution in schools which settled the debate forever and it would never be a problem in american schools again watch inherit the wind the old one it's very good now the black guy from the mod squad is clarence williams the third oh wow i didn't Uh, know samson from half-baked that's how our uh, generation or the host of tales from the hood yeah that's it yeah but it was he is samson well, talk but, to Samson. But the tease. I, this was the first time I got that joke that the Clarence is the name of the actor who played the black guy on the Mod Squad. Not the Claire Danes film, the original <laughs> Mod Squad from the No 70s. one remembers either one. He's, yeah. It was dude. It was just on my awful antenna TV. And, uh, he, and he is in the movie. Uh, uh, of cameoing course. Yeah, oh, of wow. Course. We also missed during the, um, I mean, you can't hear it but lionel hutz's dick is hanging out and he has no pants on in the oh, yeah. bad court thingy yeah that's right it's right after the you know you're not wearing pants and that scene just continues it's yeah. just like well you didn't go to put on pants ask, it, it, he like solid snakes himself against the judge's uh yeah. podium or whatever you call that the joke is even better because he's asking the judge that without pants yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you don't even see it in frame with just his ass hanging out you and, will never be allowed to see that much of his ass again yeah no i like that he had sock garters that it was, was a cute nice extra and then we tell uh, there's another joke they uh lost which was he says could you imagine the world without lawyers mm-hmm. and then it's everybody at peace and they wanted to play the I'd like to teach the world to sing song, but they couldn't get the rights to it. So they just pretty much play the first five notes of it. Yeah. And it's a little off. It's, it's the Coke song, right? Like, yeah, the world as Coke. invented by Don Draper, as we oh. all know. Spoilers for Mad Men. <laughs> Man, I guess I haven't seen that last you season. You have not seen the last episode of Mad Men? Last season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry I spoiled it for you. My bad. Uh, but hey, if you should have seen it by now, I'm, I'm on I'm the Gene Siskel side, bad. man. <laughs> Uh, if I haven't seen him by now, I don't care. <laughs> uh, but Marge does go to jail for about two minutes. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Marge, I'm going to miss you so much. And it's not just the sex, it's also the food preparation. <laughs> Your skill with stains of all kinds. But mostly I'll miss how lucky you make me feel each and every morning. I'll miss you too, homie. Uh. 
I that's another of my favorite Hutz lines in this one. He's being sued by the National Council of Churches. He says like, "All oh, right, right that thing." Yeah, it's, there. There's a really great anecdote on the commentary about the line. Uh, oh yeah, Marge says, "Who's minding the quickie mart?" She was supposed to say that as a callback to Lisa Beauty Queen, where right. she says, "Who's minding the quickie mart?" And people are robbing it because they're both at Little Miss Springfield. Pageant. But in this scene, Marge wouldn't give a shit because yeah. she's pissed off. They put her in jail. So when reading the line, Julie Kavner initially said who's minding the quickie mart and who the fuck cares (laughs) (laughs) so i wish they would have had that on tape or something like that because i really would have wanted to hear marge swear and she was right that was selling out marge's character she wouldn't care about the people who just put her in jail i think oakley and weinstein build in a line that will like make it a little more uh reasonable but it Mm -hmm. still kind of stands out like why would she be concerned about the quickie mart in any case yeah and uh, I also, as a kid, I loved Bart's dream sequence. Of, uh, Bartina. Of, uh, yeah, really with good. the warden. It was such. It was just what a 10-year-old would dream up, a Bugs Bunny-type plan. Yeah. yeah. And that was the first, but not the last, down I go. Down. I love that, like, the throwaway line of, like, I'll bust you out as soon as I get a crowbar and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not terribly funny as a joke and I, I do like that it gets funnier when they show it like yeah I, normally I hate that with the Simpsons and he says I need a crowbar he doesn't use it to pry anything open he uses it to smash the guy I in think, the face yeah, I think yeah. that was, what they that were was a joke for. too yeah <laughs> and so then it's finally time for the brief third act where they really <laughs> we get two scenes of Marge uh without the family there pretty I, much I mocked it on the front and I think mm-hmm. it's true here too that it's like the idea of Homer, ideas like Homer leading the leading a strike, mm-hmm. Homer going back to high school, uh, Marge going to prison, those are strong enough for real A-stories, episodes yeah. that actually focus yeah, on that. Yeah. But in all three of those episodes, are like they just aren't given enough time this or epi- focus. This episode also retreads a lot of Homer alone stuff, yep. where it's Homer being yeah. terrible at raising the family by himself and just fucking everything up immediately. Oh, yeah. It's still kind Tell of funny. Kids, though. while your mother's gone, I don't want to have to wash any dishes. Till from now on... Drink straight from the faucet or milk carton, and we'll eat while standing over the sink or toilet. Who's going to change Maggie? We're going to let her roam free in the backyard, and nature will take its course. I, I cannot believe how much I've adopted that philosophy. <laughs> like, eat over the sink or toilet. I, everything I eat on purpose, I was joking my girlfriend, comes with its own plate. It's <laughs> either on a bun or in a burrito shell. How about a bread bowl? I poured my own uh, beer in a I glass. Drink, I drink water directly from the faucet all the time. <laughs> um, not so much from the carton, just from the faucet. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I, they uh, heighten the Homer Alone stuff of him wearing running out of clothes and yeah. wearing stuff from the attic which is funny though that can't be Marge's dress Marge's dress wouldn't fit him no that's a that's a stretch yeah well though Mona Simpson's Mona Simpson's dress wouldn't fit him either boy the prison inmates were quite butch weren't they <laughs> yes Simpson, your new cellmate. I'm Phillips. They call me that because I killed my husband with a Phillips head screwdriver. This character actually reminds me of the similar looking character on Orange is the New Black. Who yeah, in an episode his uh, name is Boo. Yeah. Boo, Boo, who steals a um uh, screwdriver to use it to masturbate with. And it's a that, big plot point. That was a great payoff in that episode. Yeah. The, in the first episode of the whole series, they say, like, look, this isn't Oz. And that's them talking to the audience, too. Like, this isn't Oz. Yeah. This isn't also a Cinemax thriller. Like, this women's prison is different from a regular one. And you mm-hmm. think, the whole time, if you were watching a show about men in prison, mm-hmm. you think, well, they stole that screwdriver to murder someone. Like, that's what it is. And so yeah. we finally find out where the missing screwdriver 
screwdriver wrench is being used as the handle for a corn dildo. Yes, that's right. <laughs> what, that's how Boo is using it. Which hey, that is that is ingenious. Yeah, Boo rules. Uh, I love her. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so Phyllis, Phillips is pretty much that. And then yeah. the Matt Folden was pretty great too. Uh, I love that. Dude, bit. I love all the Mad jokes. God, that mm-hmm. was, other than the Simpsons and like Ren and Stimpy, Mad was still kind of one of the most important things in mm-hmm. my life. What kind of slime would I marry? Yes. But <laughs> all right, I don't want to sound too heartless. Oh, Jeff, he's still with us. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch. Yes, he will it. live until we post this. At I least, love him. <laughs> uh, I don't want to sound too heartless, but so Marge is there for thirty days, and if my mom went to jail for thirty days, I would be sad, and I would be. But would they really be like, "Oh, mom, I miss you so much"? Like it's been two weeks, like With lots of visits. I don't yeah. know, but you're a kid, like, time, like days feel like yeah, weeks. And, I guess so. And Homer's their only parent, so okay, it's got to accentuate the right, uh, the right. loss there. But also, like, Marge is thirsty <laughs> after, like, again, she's been, be- at best, three weeks without Homer. Like, yeah. that's, I don't know. I it's don't not know. as dirty as her teaching me stroke formation with a wacky video <laughs> like that. Yeah. Slow then fast? Oh, Jesus, I still can't get over it. But I thought <laughs> it was real cute how Bart and Nelson connected. Yeah. Over. I thought it was amazing. All right, bologna and cheese. What do you got, Bart? Pack of sugar and peanut butter smeared on a playing card. Ha ha! Your mom's a jailbird. So's yours. Oh yeah. Let's play. <laughs> it's so, no, so. it's no peanut butter, eggs, and dice sandwich. <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, my shoes are it's a Mr. Show. Mr. Yes. Show. Yes. Uh, and and the, the more I learn about, you love Jimmy Carter. The more I learn about this president, the more amazing he he is to me. Mm. There and, are uh, two distinct stances on the writing team. Mm. Um, Al Jean fucking hates him. On the commentary, Al Jean's like, I loathe Jimmy Stewart. I hate the man. Jimmy and Ma- Carter. Oh, oh sorry, you're, you're not Jimmy me. Stewart. God damn it, Come that's on. happened before. I love Jimmy Stewart. No, he said, like, I, I hate, <laughs> I hate Jimmy Carter. I loathe the man and, and Matt Groening is offended he's like you Hollywood weirdo yes. and he's like, and then Al Jean's like well if he was running against Bush I'd, vo- I'd, I'd vote for him probably they're recording in 2004 yeah. so he says I hope I get my chance this year <laughs> I feel like there was like rumors early rumors in 04 like maybe Jimmy Carter will run against him <laughs> yeah, see, it, why but, don't you take a look at uh, presidents who went and worked for uh, think tanks and hedge corporations yeah, and which yeah. one literally saved lives across the world and still is mm-hmm. despite being almost dead I, I love oh. it's gonna be a test to see what Obama does after mm-hmm. it too like though he's mm-hmm. we've got he's was so young we've probably got like 40 should America continue to exist we've probably got like 40 years of Obama philanthropy ahead of us but, so I uh, mean meanwhile uh, Oakley and Weinstein thought this was a joke a satire of how people hated him for no reason yeah but Which um, it does work like that too. it does too I think mm-hmm. it works both ways but I feel like it's some um, I mean I didn't live through that period of time but mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it's a little uh well, I mean, we've had so like, many worse presidents. When we since talk that. about Simpson shorthand, if you, if, yeah. you, if any of you assholes hear his name, you will say the line of the, the Springfield <laughs> crowd people uh, in this sequence. Fifteen dollars short. Exactly what Marge Simpson's marshmallow squares bring in. Can we still afford that statue of Lincoln? Uh, no, I'm afraid we'll have to go with something cheaper. <laughs> uh. I uh, give you our 39th president, Jimmy Carter. Oh, come on! He's history's greatest monster! (laughs) My favorite music? Yes. So, uh, Hank, do you want to explain Malaise Forever? I, I will explain indeed. it. I okay. have a link as well. Oh, nice. But, uh, well, so first off, the I think their hatred of Carter 
it's very a pre-Clinton thing. Clinton was more like a sequel to Carter anyway, or at least he appeared that way in 92, no. I yes. think. Clinton's in 92, he did. It was I like, guess. okay, it's another Southern Democrat mm-hmm. who is showing like, see, we can, I do hate blacks and I'll put them in jail. <laughs> and uh, if you read about how high gas prices were during that gas crisis, you'd be yes. like, you're you're a baby. You could, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's true. But, but, at the, but I also think that hatred of Carter goes through Reagan mm-hmm. into the continuation of Reagan's administration with H.W. Bush. And so I think it was just... It had people hadn't remembered like no Carter wasn't bad. Yeah. History will like, smile upon Jimmy Carter. He sucks, but apparently he you know people hated him. He was seen as a weenie as a wuss who yeah. who put on sweaters and man told, wore a sweater and told uh, told Americans not to consume as much. Yeah. Like, how and fucking in, dare he enforce <laughs> laws to uh, not have cars shit into the air constantly, yes. which everybody like. People all over the world, left and right, hated them. Yeah. And I'm only saying that people here in California, California still has that. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't drive a car yes. unless it's tested for emissions and smog checks. It was a shock mm-hmm. when I moved here. Like, oh, mm-hmm. smog test. Glad I don't have a car. That's a but Carter like, thing, man. Like, yeah. that, he did that for the for the nation during a gas crisis. So yeah. Everybody hated him. But again, how mm-hmm. dare he write uh, yeah. this, all this, uh, all this. We have the right to be wasteful, old man. Try to teach us a metric system? Fuck <laughs> up. Love that. Put solar panels on the White House. Reagan came in, tore them down. Yep. Tore them down to pay more money. Yeah, well, fortunately, <laughs> we never see any more vindictive moving into the White House like that again. <laughs> never, but, never. Um, so, Malays Forever, though, is on a statue. And that is a reference to a very specific uh, speech by Carter, which I had never really looked into Same until, here, until today. episode. So, America was in crisis. Like, people were very worried, like, prices just seem to be going up and up and up are we screwed like, huh. this is the stuff you can see Can't why wait. they were ex- attracted to a fucking actor like who could act like a strong man to, uh, year, a year later so apparently Carter like goes missing for a few days I think it was 10 days 10 I read. days yeah. like which that is incredible to imagine like that would be hard for me to forgive too of just like well Obama was gone for 10 days when people were worried not great not great prediction you'll see it again a lot <laughs> oh yes a lot someone's going to be very unreachable and you, but... won't see, you won't see him on news footage clearing brush in Lubbock Texas either <laughs> so when he comes back he gives a speech called the crisis of confidence speech mm. and uh, I have a clip here that's got an intro to explain it in time and he never even says the word malaise but that's mm. what it got that's labeled true, yeah. as two years ago today that Jimmy Carter gave his famous malaise speech He never used that term, but that's the name that was given to a speech in which the president said the country's economic woes were due in part to a crisis of confidence in the country. It has come to be known as perhaps the most politically tone-deaf speech in modern American history. Mm. Take a look. It is a crisis of confidence. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. We can see this crisis in the growing doubt about the meaning of our own lives, and in the loss of a unity of purpose for our nation. The erosion of our confidence in the future is threatening to destroy the social and the political fabric of America. I kind of don't disagree with that. I I kind of have a problem saying the problem is countries that you don't believe. Yeah, (laughs) you got to believe harder. Uh, Our our good buddy Obama said, "If we if we just believe in America, the Russians won't hurt us." So uh, it's a common, it's a very common, like unrealistic solution. Stupider than all that shit Reagan said. (laughs) Yes, yes. Morning in America. But so yeah, he disappears for ten days and then shows up with that speech Mm -hmm. about like. 
well, why are all these prices going up? Why are we all worried? It's because you don't believe enough. <laughs> and, and it was... I could see that turning people against him, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so then people saw that as him accusing America of being stuck in a general malaise, a depression, but not an economic depression. But, yeah. And so from then on, he got labeled with the malaise thing. Before that, he was the peanut farmer. But, True, yeah. But he, he had said, lust in his heart. Uh, which he sold before he became president. Yes. Because that's what presidents did. He said he was ready to sacrifice a peanut farm. I mean, that's what greater sacrifice can one man get? Uh, um, but I uh, gotta play this clip because this would have been my line of the show if not for all the Lionel Huts. Release the dogs. Gee, they look pretty mad. Yeah, I've been starving them, teasing them, singing off key. Me, me, my, mo, me, moo, my, me. This never would have happened if Marge Simpson was here. I mean, my mom. I mean, <laughs> I, I love that singing off key. Yeah. My mamu. And uh, nice early. We didn't have the term butterfly effect in the mainstream, but that was totally. This is the butterfly effect that oh, yeah. Marge wasn't there to sell the ma- marshmallow squares, leading to that eventually leads to uh, Springfield in crisis. It's funny. No one had like the twenty dollars they would have brought in yeah. just to throw at the statue. Mm-hmm. Fund. Like nope, fifteen, the exact amount Marge Simpson used to bring in. And then uh, Marge is released from prison to quell the anger of the townspeople. Yeah. Well, no, the 30 days were up. It was only 30 days. Oh, really? Days. Okay, yeah. But yeah, Snyder sentences her to 30 days. So when did the just, riots start? Uh, I guess on day 21 or Okay, something. wow. <laughs> For some reason, I thought like that was a direct result of uh, the riots march being yeah. let out. Yeah, I don't know. No, I just assumed that, maybe. Uh, no, it was just tied. I think it's your memory of the episode. My memory of the episode is Lionel Hutt's winning with the tie defense, because the poo agrees. Maybe <laughs> I don't remember. And then <laughs> that someone got her out, but they didn't. Yeah. She just went to jail for 30 days. Uh, non-evil punished, but uh, hey, Phillips is rewarded. Goodbye, Marge. I'll miss you. I hope you find somebody. Men are such slime. But I'm seeing this new guy. I think he's different. Yeah! <laughs> he says his name is Homer, and he works at the nuclear plant. <laughs> Marge does not ruin her uh, her fun, really. She's I, like, I feel like that line was redone. The mouth movement was off on that one, too. Uh, but yeah. I like the implication that Barney just stole Homer's identity <laughs> when Homer's standing right there. Yeah. He's there. And he's... And it's also kind of Barney's non-belch catchphrase at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It is. I, 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 yes. He did that to Mo uh, in another getting episode, Getting ahead too. of the plugs. Patreon.com is how we live. We have season wrap-ups. I gave Barney my MVP of last season. It's true. And he just didn't rise to that at all during this whole season. He's had his no. moments. He's going to drop well, off Well, with the rise of Lenny and Carl, it was the drop <laughs> of Barney. He he just had many more. We need a drunk here. What's this drunk doing? Yeah, but it was more like just his excitement. Uh, and, uh, whatever you say, man, and being pepper sprayed and burping. Like I think that the yeah. I think the writers were just as fascinating with just having Barney. Burp. He ended up serving a very grandpa role, where it's like just put him in for one joke, and that's all he does. Uh, and then, and and just to make it up to Mars, they redo the Jimmy Carter statue as her. Just put a just put her hair on it, and it it's March forever. Yeah, March forever instead of malaise and. Then seeing, like, when they have the ball smack him in the face, I was like, this does feel like a very anti-Jimmy Carter I think it's a shot at him. Yes, yeah, definitely. They were meaner to him than married with children. 
I'm just saying. I, I wasn't there. To I was there for the first three months of Reagan's presidency. No, the last three months through, of yeah. uh, Reagan's presidency. No, no, but Carter's since, since presidency. then, he's like cured malaria all over the world and built houses for people who couldn't afford them. And I he, don't know any other former president who's done that much good. No, he's the world. a great man. And he's I, in a great episode of King of the Hill, voiced by Dave Herman. Unfortunately, <laughs> not actually Jimmy Carter. But he didn't. But did he do paintings? Like oh, like, bad uh, paintings. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those paintings are bad. One of my favorite onion jokes was that uh, George W. Bush keeps... Uh, look at George W. Bush's wonderful paintings, though they all have a dead Iraqi boy in the corner <laughs> of them. Like, oh, they God. just can't not paint in there. Uh, that guy, he deserves no peace. Yeah. Fuck you, buddy. Whatever yeah. history now, think of him much cuter. I see, I saw that. <laughs> we're, we're recording this on Inauguration Day. Yeah. The photos are Adorable. Him, the photos of him there, I feel like he was just loving, like, I'm not the most hated person here. Sweet huh? little he, grandpa war criminal. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, his hair is light. He's he's getting bald. Yeah. His dad's about to die. Yeah. <laughs> we can only hope. Oh, can boy. Only hope. If him and Barbara die the same day, boy, that'd be great. Off to those 10,000 points of light in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> so let's wrap up here. This has been Talking Simpsons. I've been your host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. You can find that every Monday at Retronauts.com. It's a classic gaming podcast about classic games. It's great. Go to Retronauts.com or go to Retronauts on Twitter and you will find it there. Everybody else, where can we find you? H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter is where you'll find me uh, trying to not slip my wrists and uh, but also enjoying things and enjoying life and uh, like seeing tweets you'll see tweets from my sf Sketchfest shows i've been attending which have just been tons of fun there was the brain candy uh live reading and we got to see just a, literally got back from a king of the hill, king of the hill 20th Fantastic. anniversary which was amazing greg daniels was there of simpsons fame mm-hmm. but uh well more so of office fame but um the american <laughs> workplace but anyway that was great i write for fandom.com you can see my works on video games there but more importantly patreon.com slash laser time that's what supports this show and keeps it going strong every dollar helps and we really would appreciate any help you can do five dollars a month will get you access to the entire first season of talking simpsons which is not available on our itunes stream mm-hmm. plus our season uh, wrap-ups mm-hmm. for two and three and soon to be four oh, and yeah. other tons of great special things do you want to watch us do a live commentary for the wwe flintstones crossover <laughs> movie it's on well, there the 2003 royal rumble or <laughs> Audio commentaries for Jackie Chan's first strike in Black Dynamite is voted upon by the Patreon. Yeah. That does sound very good. Uh, yeah, really fun. And also the show Laser Time, where we just pick a topic, do kind of a show like this, but it's topic-based, not Simpsons-based. But if you like uh, something you can set your watch by, 30, 20, 10, a look mm. back at 30, 20, and 10 years ago in the past, and I believe next week... We had to bring up The Simpsons. Very important. We won't get to it for years. Poochie. It's the yeah. uh, debut of Poochie. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Deep in season eight. Another of those episodes that were like, ah, we're almost done. <laughs> Simpsons is over. February 97, I believe. So thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Krusty's comeback special, the season four finale. We'll see you then. infotainment before shopify were you wondering where my sales at now you're selling with shopify the global commerce platform supercharging your selling you have no problem selling online in person on social media and beyond gary easy on the cha-ching 
<clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.